Hey there, folks. Welcome to episode 89 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. My name's Rob Woods, and this is the show for anyone who works in fundraising and wants some ideas, some examples, and a little dose of inspiration to help you raise more money and enjoy your job. And if you work in corporate partnerships or major donor or trust fundraising, or if you manage someone who does, I think you're going to find this episode really helpful. Today, I'm again talking to the brilliant Cleo Grisani, who heads up the Partnerships and Philanthropy team at Shelterbox. I first met Cleo in 2020 when she took part in our Major Gifts Mastery programme. And when I caught up with her recently, I was so impressed with the growth her team has been achieving in the last 18 months and the fabulous ways they've been implementing some of the ideas from the programme that I invited her onto the podcast to share them with a wider audience. So if you listened last time, you'll know that in episode 88, Cleo shared her team's vision, which is to be a kind of Netflix for good in the sense of brilliant storytelling combined with an organised approach to data to help give their supporters great experiences. She also talked about the two key performance indicators they focus on, which are firstly, what we call on my programmes, wow moments, and secondly, securing conversations or virtual coffees. She went on to share some great examples of how her team have followed through on these ideas in practice, to the benefit of both the supporters and her charity's bottom line. If all that sounds interesting, then I really recommend you go back after this episode and listen to episode 88. For now though, Let's get on with this, the second half of my chat with Cleo, where we first talk about how they've worked hard to improve the way they manage data to support the goal of great donor experiences. After that, we talk about a brilliant example of how Cleo and her team have connected their partners to the cause in a way that's creative and inspiring. Cleo Grisani, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Hi, Rob. Hi, Cleo. Thank you so much for making time to chat to us for this episode of the podcast. Cleo, earlier in our conversation, you were talking about the, the kind of team you want to be and you want to be Netflix for good. And you said the kinds of things that mean is not only great storytelling and entertainment and fascinating information that connects with people, but also to do that, we need to be robust and organized in our approach to data and personal data. For some fundraisers and leaders this is not the easiest thing and to some it doesn't sound as exciting as the conversations and the storytelling but I'm sensing it's absolutely as important how have you gone about following through on that vision yeah so you cannot be Netflix for good if you don't have data and insights to build your personalized plans and you could have the biggest and more inspiring stories but if you don't know what the donor really cares about um and you cannot have everything stored in your memory. So we inherited hundreds of spreadsheets with information about our donors scattered all around or with not recording, simply not recording of information. And so we committed as a team to try to consolidate all the information and data we had in only one place, which is the most obvious place, but it wasn't, which is the database. So we now have in our weekly uh, planning task to keep the database updated. And even if we have to build an Excel spreadsheet for a particular event, the huge and very important task is to then put all the information back into the database. We only want to have one single place that has all the right information to build a very personalized plans. And it takes time. It's really, 
is the less exciting bit of our job. And we all agree about that. I always joke that my team is not process driven at all. But it, we all understand it's really crucial because if you don't have the right data, you cannot build a personalized plan and you cannot be Netflix for good. And Cleo, in terms of how this approach to caring deeply about virtual coffees and cups of tea rather than chasing the numbers, in terms of how that has helped your Big Give campaign this year, how did that pan out? Um, it was really helpful and beneficial. I would highly recommend it because when we, the, on the first day of the Big Give campaign, we knew that we had more than half of the budget already pledged from our donors. So we approached that particular week of the Big Give with um, a less stressed mindset because we knew that our donors were really keen to support us and were already aware of the campaign. And it all comes down to the, all the meetings and chats and opportunities we had to engage with our donors um, over the months um, between August and November. So we had money pledged, but also we kept them informed of what was coming up. And so even if they didn't pledge the money doing our virtual chat, many people did, but they knew that we were about to send them another uh, email talking about the big give and that was that particular window. And we raised all our targets in the first morning of the big give because uh, our donors already knew about it. They knew that they pledged their donations and they really responded very generously. And we exceeded our targets at the end of the campaign. So we had the 50,000 pound target and we raised around 70,000 pounds. So the key again was keeping them informed and we, we treated them as part of our team in building this campaign and they felt uh, really engaged and, and also the match funding opportunity inspires some particular kind of donors and so the match funding opportunity plus keeping them in the loop and keeping them updated with what, what our plans were uh, was really beneficial. Mm. So Cleo, when you were talking about your KPIs, one of the things you said you strive to do is create these special moments, these wow moments that bring things to life or, or help people feel connected to the cause or help them feel special about the difference they're making. And when you and I were talking the other day, you said that your team have worked hard with a particular project that delivers that kind of value. Could you tell our listeners a tiny bit about what you did? In particular for our corporate partners and the companies we want to work with, we really try hard to try to add value and try to understand their headaches that we could help them solve. And so last year, um, we were having a lot of those uh, virtual teas and coffees with our current corporate partners and the companies we want to work with. And um, we quickly identified that there were a common theme and everyone was complaining that their teams felt disengaged. Uh, they felt that it was really hard to have quality time as a team because we are still working uh, remotely and last year uh, we were approaching the full lockdown. And so people felt it was really hard to feel together and feel that they were working as a big team. And so, and everyone was stressing that they were already bored of Zoom quizzes. And so, we came up with the idea of creating a sort of online experience for those teams to have some teamwork and quality time together 
but that was more meaningful and less boring than a Zoom quiz. And so together with my uh, learning and development colleagues, we built a sort of online escape room that is inspired by a disaster response. So we tried to replicate some of the challenges you face when you respond to a disaster. There might be logistical challenges or challenges linked with identifying the needs and um, assessing the needs with the communities, distributing the aid to the communities. And so we built uh, what is now called the Shelterbox Disaster Response Room, which is an online escape room and that you can do with your team, your work colleagues, and it's really put the team to test, but it's also very engaging and really, really good fun. But at the end of it, the teams also have the good feeling that they've done something positive because uh, every session that we deliver helps a real family uh, hit by a natural disaster or conflict. And so um, we tested it and offered it to our current corporate partners, but also for companies to begin building internal brand awareness and to have more internal corporate advocates for the next charity of the year, for instance. And it's working really well. It's still um, early days. We only launched it a few months ago. Um, but is apparently is adding values to the teams and is value, adding values to people that wants to have some quality time as a team. Yeah, I can really imagine how, well, what a difference that must make to a team of employees at any given company, especially during that the year we've had. And if it's done well, it just is more interesting than most other things you could possibly do to, to bring the team together. And I think you mentioned that that first company you did the pilot with, it was so successful that they've keep coming back asking for more and more without you needing to promote it. Yeah, that's a very good aspect of it. And that was what makes me think that we are adding real value and together with a very fun experience is that one of our lovely supporters worked for Cisco and she organized the first experience for her own team. And then we didn't promote it at all within the company, but we keep on receiving new requests for organizing new sessions for the wider organization because the participants really enjoy the experience and keep on talking about it and, and suggesting it to their colleagues. So just to be clear, the corporate partners you work with, they can choose to ask you to, to organize one of these sessions and to do one, they make a donation. And to you, though, it, it's worth so much more than, than that donation. There's this, this, this deeper engagement for people who may have known something about your cause, but by the end of one of those sessions, they're really far more deeply inspired by what it's all about. That's exactly the point. And we usually at the end of the session, we receive very warm messaging and people are really passionate about the cause because they've seen it from behind the scenes and they've seen uh, responding to a disaster with the eyes of a first responder. And so they see the benefit of us delivering the tangible aids that we deliver. We see our challenges. And so they are really committed to support us more within the company or potentially in their personal capacity. So it's a very good deep dive into what we do, even if it's very fun and really engaging. And there's also like a fantastic teamwork. And it's especially, as you said, a cross team work. And it's been really good to see how by working together as an organization, you can really deliver something that is 
incredibly impactful and helps more engaging more people and potentially having more corporate partners. Yeah, and many people who've uh, gone the extra mile on this podcast talking about various webinars and other things they've done to bring the course to life for their supporters, they've said in order to do that, they've had to work more closely with their colleagues and a happy byproduct of that is not only the event itself, for instance, but it, it is this better cross team working. Has that happened for you? Yeah, absolutely. And especially in this particular example, but also when we talk about uh, drip feeding our donors with impact stories and beautiful pictures of our of the families that we work with, we need to work very closely with our monitoring and evaluation team. We need to work with very closely with our international programs team, with our brand and content. So it's definitely a wider organizational effort to be able to deliver those uh, wow moments and virtual teas and coffees. Mm. Fabulous stuff, Cleo. I would love to talk on and on, but uh, I I better bring the episode to a close. I'd just like to to end by thanking you so much for coming to share these examples and principles with us. Huge congratulations to your team. And I look forward to catching up with you for another chat about fundraising very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed listening to Cleo's examples. If so, I urge you to listen to episode 88 as well, which has got some brilliant stories, which I found really inspiring in terms of both leadership and fundraising. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share it on social media or directly with your colleagues so we can get these ideas out to help as many charities as possible. And if you are intrigued or inspired by Clio's escape room style experience for corporate teams, or you want to explore ideas for how you could bring your cause to life through some kind of experience, I recommend episode 17 of this podcast, where I talk to the brilliant Di Gornall about other experiential fundraising examples. For a full transcript and a summary of today's episode, just go to the podcast section of our website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. If you're interested in finding out more about the Major Gifts Mastery Programme, which is the one Clio did in 2020, or the Corporate Mastery Programme, which follows the same format of masterclasses and individual coaching support, then check out the information on brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services. And Cleo and I would love to hear what you think about today's episode. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, Cleo is at Cleo Gressani. That's G-R-E-S-S-A-N-I for her surname. And I am at Woods underscore Rob. Lastly, thank you so much for listening today. And I look forward to sharing more Brightspot examples and ideas with you very soon.